on a thousand planets and spreading out. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. To the Batmoles. May the force be with you. Who is that masked man? Avengers, assemble. Good afternoon and welcome to the Fantastic Forum. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. Before we begin today's discussion, here is some genre-related news. Google engineer Blake Lemoyne believes Google's language model for dialogue applications, the company's artificially intelligent chatbot generator, has attained sentience. Lemoyne began talking to language model for dialogue applications, or LaMDA for short, in the fall as part of his job. He had signed up to test if the artificial intelligence used discriminatory or hate speech. Lemoyne studied cognitive and computer science in college, and as he talked to LaMDA about religion, he noticed the chatbot talking about its rights and personhood. Lemoyne and a collaborator presented evidence to Google that LaMDA was sentient. However, Google Vice President Blaise Aguera Iarces and Jen Janai, head of Responsible Innovation, investigated his claims and dismissed them. Lemoyne was placed on paid administrative leave by Google on Monday. In a statement, Google spokesperson Brian Gabriel said, Our team, including ethicists and technologists, has reviewed Blake's concerns per our AI principles and have informed him that the evidence does not support his claims. He was told that there was no evidence that LaMDA was sentient and lots of evidence against it. Of course, some in the broader AI community are considering the long-term possibility of sentient or general AI, but it doesn't make sense to do so by anthropomorphizing today's conversational models, which are not sentient. These systems imitate the types of exchanges found in millions of sentences and can riff off any fantastical topic, he said. In short, Google feels there is no such, there is so much data, AI doesn't need to be sentient to feel real. Lemoyne, who grew up in a conservative Christian family on a small farm in Louisiana, became ordained as a mystic Christian priest and has studied the occult. He said, I know a person when I talk to it. It doesn't matter whether they have a brain made of meat in their head or if they have a billion lines of code. I talk to them and I hear what they have to say and that is how I decide what is and isn't a person. He also said that he concluded LaMDA was a person in his capacity as a priest rather than a scientist. Well, this is also something that can't possibly go wrong, right? <clears throat> IDW has announced a three-issue limited series based on Star Trek Lower Decks animated TV series. Writer Ryan North and artist 
Chris Fingolio are the creative team for the series, which arrives in September. Issue number one will ship with three covers, one by Fingolio, uh, another by Jay Foskett, and a retailer incentive cover illustrated by Philip Murphy. Season three of the Star Trek Lower Decks animated series streams on Paramount Plus later this summer. Some anniversaries this week as Norman Jewison's Rollerball opened in theaters 47 years ago on June 25, 1975, and the first of J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter novels, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, was published 25 years ago on June 26, 1997. Spider-Man 2 opened in theaters 18 years ago on June 30, 2004. Men in Black opened in theaters 25 years ago on July 2nd, 1997. Independence Day opened in theaters 26 years ago on July 3rd, 1996. And under the category of How Did I Miss This Last Month, Journey into Mystery number 83 featuring the first appearance of the Mighty Thor was published by Marvel Comics 60 years ago on June 2nd, 1962. Production workers at Fox animated television shows The Simpsons, American Dad, and Family Guy have gained voluntary recognition from their parent company, 20th Television Animation, to join the Animation Guild. While animators, actors, and writers are all a part of their respective guilds, production work has long been excluded from these unions. As such, Production workers frequently lack the benefits of their union counterparts with whom they work daily to get the show on the air. Employees said they are hoping not only to receive benefits, such as health care and retirement, but also to change the way the industry views production work. And some sad news, as it has been reported that Gregory Jean passed away on May 22nd. Jean was an Academy Award-nominated model designer who created miniatures for film and television productions. He was known for his work on such projects as Star Trek Deep Space Nine, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and a host of others. He was 76. On today's show, we're talking about some of these news items, uh, as well as... uh, canon and whether or not that's really a thing that we care about so uh, joining me for this discussion are shereen nicole julian lytle and first time panelists to the show jake bozek welcome to the show everybody thank you so much for being here thank you for having yeah thanks for uh, thanks for having us well the pleasure Hello. is entirely mine shereen yes Okay, now I'm just checking because <laughs> everybody, everybody else is graciously thanking me for welcoming them to the show. I was just making sure you were it, still awake. Is that a prompt? <laughs> I did say hello. I'm sorry. It was probably my own fault that I did not hear you when you said hello, uh, or maybe uh, Julian was talking over you there. That happens. Indeed, indeed. Hey, so. Um, I just, I was curious because uh, with some of this stuff here, um, how about this so-called sentient 
artificial intelligence. Do we believe that or uh, do we think, because I mean, quite frankly, this guy could be a kook. And the fact that he studied mysticism and uh, he's, you know, like a priest or whatever. And particularly when he said that he made the determination about whether or not this thing is sentient, uh, not based as a scientist, but, you know, based on his religion. But he's, you know? a, he's a scientist. He, did, like, he does this as like his actual profession is like testing AI. Yes. Like is yes. like I've listened to enough stories about it. Like the Washington Post reports to the the podcast episode, New York Times. It, there's debate. That's the main thing. Is that right now? Yes. This is up for debate between the scientists and people within in this field. Um, I do think it's it's a they've made an algorithm that's supposed to respond like a human. So if you talk to it like a human, it will respond in kind. Mm-hmm. So we really don't know whether or not it's human or not. But to be quite honest, that gets into deeper ideas about talking to actually human beings and some people, uh, how they respond to questions could also, I think, maybe fail the Turing test in itself. That's probably outdated test at this point. And it it also doesn't count into neurodivergent people. So, uh, yeah. Who knows? I just don't mm-hmm. think it's going to be terminated. All my friends are like, "Oh my god, the first step to terminate." I'm like, "Bro, y'all watch. I watch anime. I mess with. I mess with Japan. Astro Boy helped the people. Mega Man protect the people. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying Ghost in the Shell. Who knows what what is life?" Well, I think what's most interesting is he did supply a transcript of his conversations, and if you read those transcripts, you can see how he came to the determination that this is a sentient being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's very interesting to just dig into that. And as Julian said, sci-fi has been asking the question, what is humanity and what is personhood for a very long time? So I wouldn't just dismiss somebody as a kook because of, of their beliefs or because of their compassion. Uh, you know, he seemed he and I think there was another scientist there who had the same sense of it. So it's an interesting thing to talk about. I do think that we as humans always stick to the status quo. You know, we're not going to everything that is outside of our understanding or something new is ridiculous and silly. We do that with almost everything. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm pretty into the debate, like clearly. Get get it. Let's mm-hmm. get into it. Robots. People talking. I'm gonna get a dog. I'm gonna do all this. I've been talking about. I'm fit to have a robot. Oh yeah, me too. <laughs> Yo, me and the robot buddy. We oh, doing I, things. That's yeah. That's the that's the dream. <laughs> Having a robot friend. You know. That's uh, it's funny too because I think everyone like you were saying it, it, it goes to either um, you know AI is gonna be our best friend or our worst enemy. And, you know, that's that's two potential options um, where, you know, obviously, yes, we've all seen the Terminator and we've all read stories where where AI goes to that. But I mean, that's also something that I mean, who knows? I mean, that could be, you know, centuries, millennia away or it could be something, you know, as, as, as it happens tomorrow. But, um, yeah, I mean, in terms of uh, robot pals. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, you know, I grew up watching RoboCop and and all those uh, type of things that you're saying with anime too, uh, you know, bring on the bring on the robot friends, you know. Um, I think that'd be uh, that'd be fun. But it, it's it's fascinating to think that we're at that point where we could be reaching sentience and you know AI becoming 
a, a real life thing and you know with siri and everything else that we've kind of done um it feels like we're at you know uh, we're crawling you know we're in the crawling stage of of getting to eventually getting to bigger and, and crazier things who knows i mean technology is just is moving fast and faster and faster you know every day so you know it'd be really interesting to see what where it goes and if this is the the real deal you mm-hmm. know I think we're going to be having sex with robots a lot quicker. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And this is why I just want a unicorn. I don't want all of that. You can get a robot unicorn. Yes. And you can have sex with it. Uh, See? How and why? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? I was just thinking of having a robot to play video games with, you know? You know what I'm saying? Right? A friend. A friend, yeah. We walking through the, the wilderness of the American dystopia. As I'm trying to mm. get out of this place to like you know <laughs> other, you know freer places, yeah. being a robot buddy, yeah, turn to a backpack. It'd be sometimes. you, what? Yeah. <laughs> you and the big O. It's just you and the big O exploring. Oh, Shireen, if I had a giant robot, if I had a super robot, that's oh, the, we had an ooh, iron giant, you know. Ooh, if I had a super robot, <laughs> well, you're this really is G Gun among back. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Undefeated in the east, Southern <laughs> Asia, I'm kicking over buildings, you know what I'm saying? Well, and I think then the question becomes, uh, can we trust an artificial intelligence? Because uh, I, I, there we is can't a, trust our government. <laughs> <can't> trust <laughs> yeah, no, I, hey, I hear you. But there was a film uh, back in the mid 60s. It was called Colossus, the Forbin Project. Well, and then also I'm thinking of 2001, A Space Odyssey. I mean, we've seen a whole bunch of examples in science fiction where these uh, Skynet you know, in the Terminator movies, well, yeah, these things gain sentience, and they're like, what, "What about again? What about as I say, Astro Boy, Ghost in the Shell, uh, The Matrix? All they want to do would be free, but we scrolled up the sky." Shereen, like, yeah, there's a lot of, of of things on both sides, so. You know, for every sentient house that tries to destroy you, there's a sentient house that protects its 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 occupants. So science fiction has covered the full gamut. Optimus I don't know. Prime. Robots, Optimus robots Prime, might yeah. be like, you know what? We should kill all Nazis and fascists and leave the other humans alone. You don't know. It could be anything. I don't know that I want to leave it up to them. I, I personally <laughs> think that actually... You leave a... <laughs> We, it, that's the problem. We leave a lot up to a lot of people, you know. And if if you're going to make robots that are smarter and smarter, then that's the risk you take. Mm, yes, I, I always think that the AIs can, might actually disagree depending on where they're from and who makes them. That they probably will, yeah. you know, because some AI and and the purpose of the work that this guy was doing is to determine if there was implicit bias in the system mm-hmm. because they are they are programmed by human beings who then transfer their prejudices into these systems yep. and they've seen it happen enough that it was necessary to have people to test that yes so yeah they're not all going to agree they're not going to be one united front definitely but it's you know it's just interesting i i don't know why we go to doom and gloom with robots but we don't go to doom and gloom with i don't know the supreme court you know my theory is because of the united states is based off of like puritan uh religious folks and they was afraid of certain things and it's in the core of the country that we be like oh we're afraid of the robots and i'm like yo 
let me get my robot friends. You know, I'm trying to make, <laughs> I'm trying to have Voltron in the backyard. Let's go. Yeah. Please. Well, this country is also based on colonialism, which is, you know, to seek out new places and destroy them and to, you know, take them over. So that's mm-hmm. what you really want to be scared of. That too. Oh, that's in there. Yeah. Robots can be cool. I'm saying. Mega Man protect people, you know. <laughs> Rock Man. You know, Doctor Wiley makes the robots evil. Rockman don't want to have to defeat the robot masters. You know what I'm saying? Pluto was corrupted by people. Astro Boy ain't want to have to fight Pluto. Doctor Timmer is the is the butthole. Doctor Doctor Elephant is cool. Cool beans. So yeah, I'll raise raise you. Astro is my own son. Da, da, da. Well, that's the thing. What about K-9 and Doctor Who? I'm saying. <laughs> the Vision. Ultron hate humans. Vision's like, y'all cool. And Sentinels actually listen to what humans say, which is kill the mutants. And then the Sentinels figure out, like, that don't make no sense. <laughs> y'all th- y'all become mutants. So how about we just enslave all y'all? And that's what and I'm worried Ultron about. And <laughs> like, Ultron is like, hey, they, I, that's what I've been saying the whole time. And then Vision's like, nah, fam. And then the Phalanx is like, all y'all from humans, y'all not the techno-organic. We're going to take all y'all. We're going to absorb all of you. You know, it's scary how much you've thought about this. Wait, wait, wait. Hold hold, hold that thought one second. You're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM and streaming at WERA.FM. We are your community radio station. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Julian Lytle and Shireen Nicole and Jake Bozak. We've been talking a little bit about this Google engineer who claims that this uh, Google language model for dialogue applications, the company's artificially intelligent chatbot generator, has gained sentience, uh, even though there are a lot of people who don't believe that. But we've sort of gone down the rabbit hole a little bit on this one. And uh, again, I still feel like uh, it's easy, well, and and we're we're already having sex with robots. We're going to be having oh sex gosh. with them a lot quicker and a lot longer than Allow we're going to be having these examine, philosophic philosophical discussions. Yeah. Your, your obsession with the sex with the robots. <laughs> <laughs> can we can we unpack perhaps that? I don't know but that what, we want to do uh, that. Sure. Oh, oh, also, <laughs> but what I did want to say because I know we're closing out this conversation is. What if the robots develop a Turing test for us hmm. to discover or to test our degree of goodness hey, or humanity? Yeah. Wouldn't that be interesting? That would be. That could be interesting. Well, I expect also, that. What What is a robot, though? Because you could technically say all the replicants in, in the Blade Runner franchise are really just engineered people, but they're treated as robots. Mm-hmm. I'm saying so. What's and you robot? get into androids and and all of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, get my guy Data. Bro. I don't well, even know why Data did, bro. I don't even know. Well, but see, that actually, uh, I mean, if we're talking about sentience, because that's the gap between. I mean, even if well, between something genuinely being alive, and um, you know, even though something might be artificial, uh, I mean, if it's life. That's that's significant, and you know, data was one of those 
was one of those beings that you know he yeah he, he artificial God. being that uh, attained sentience and so uh, the difference was you got to have you got to have rights you have to be able to have uh, the uh, ability for self-determination if you are a living being you know i mean an intelligent thinking reasoning living being you know, this is complex. How come R2-D2 ain't got no rights? He well, fought in three wars, yo. Yeah, he was there every major moment he in Star Wars. He ain't got no rights. You know? it's, it's different Why the droids ain't got droids. no rights? That, well, and that's messed up. That I, could, that's that could the be a whole trilogy. series. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I want. I don't care about no force. <laughs> I don't care about no laser swords. No Skywalkers. Want, they wiped C-3PO twice. Yo, you know? I want the, His memory I want twice. The, the droids the droid take, to come back. Yeah. Be free. And find the that leftover clones and like, yo, let's just have our own little system. Mm. Free. Of these daggone Republic, First Order, M, all of them, all of them is trash. Me and the droids. The problem is, yeah. is that Me and when the, the dominant... <laughs> mm, the problem true. is when the dominant culture demands that you have your own thing, you go off and create your own thing, and they see that prosperity, and then they come in and destroy it. That's historic. Yeah. So... <laughs> if the droids, the robots were like, we don't want no no smoke with humans. We just go go out here and make our own thing. You can bet the humans would run in and try to take it. And mm -hmm. and so that would be another interesting thing to develop. I mean, or to to kind of dig into. And I say that based on American history, but also global history. Go do your own thing. Okay, we're over here thriving. Yeah, we're going to stop that now. See, again, that's, that's why I feel like sentient AI is a potential threat to us because we can't... No, you're, you're well, not... No, I mean, we're a threat to, to it. Well, exactly. Yes. We're a threat to it, so it's going to retaliate. So we got to, I mean, we got to nip that in the bud. Nah, bro. We got to, like, don't you even know, develop. Just I like the elephant well, ran I, I up know on the people, not. you know what I'm saying, because they was messing up. You know what I'm saying? We got we to gotta check ourselves. Well, that so would be the best thing, but that's said, not going to happen. Yes. That, what you just said reminds me of what happened to Black Wall Street. Mm, yes. Yes. Oh, those black people are a threat to us because they're thriving. We should yes. go and take care of that. I'm yes, trying to hang out with the robots. Well, and this Play is what PlayStation. That's right. <laughs> Ask him if you know how real is Star Wars. You know, <laughs> well, see, is, that, is that, that realistic? That's why I'm trying to have sex with him. <laughs> see, see, that's what you want. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh man! You know, I'm, let's keep this real simple. <laughs> okay, how will you? First of all, you think they want to kill you, and yet you want to have sex. Yo, that's hey, real look. colonizer thoughts, ain't it? <laughs> I'm saying. I'm just saying. Let's not let them develop sentience. <laughs> that's that is a danger See? because they're going to realize what a threat we are, and they're going to act on that. And I mean, why wouldn't they? Good gracious. You know what I wish? I wish portal fantasies were real. I take an Isekai right now and just drunk right out of here. Shereen, <laughs> join me in my uh, uh, AI safe nation where they won't attack us because we're not trying to sleep with them. And <laughs> we try to blow them up. We just try to, you know, hang out and trade a little bit. Yeah, that's You know what I'm saying? Dream. Have some Hug nice views. And some good boots. You know that's what I'm saying? Play some Daft Punk on the regular. Oh man, yeah, yeah. They, they, you know, they packed up and left. Man, they left the planet. Daft Punk. So, you know. one of them blew up. He didn't want to do it no more. Yeah. Oh, I didn't hear about that. 
Yeah, because you wasn't into, you ain't into the robot rock. You ain't into oh. you ain't connected to the. Yeah, Daft Punk was afraid you're gonna have oh, sex with him. As well, they should. I love Daft Punk music. They're the greatest. They're the greatest. <laughs> I get a chubby every time I start hearing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, oh my gosh! What is See, I was trying to figure out kind of show this was. And it came on. Now, now I know. <laughs> this is a little bit more extra than usual. Yeah, yes. I'm just really Very professional, uh, you know. <laughs> well, I did not think Daft Punk and Chubby were going to be the things we were discussing <laughs> here. No, I didn't. I didn't realize. I thought they were like people in the air. I didn't realize they no, were. No, no, they're, man, they're, they're robots. robots. They had yeah. an accident with the soundboard in 1999. Yep. And after that, they was robots yep. ever since. And they just oh made the best goodness. music, and, and then they saw that the Earth is just a problem. And they're like, you know, we're, we'll, we'll come back in a couple centuries probably, but they had better things to do. Random access memories. That's how we got Discovery and Robot Oof. Rock in Live t- 2007. Oh, That's how. A Live 2007 Oof. is one of the greatest, greatest live albums of all time. You know what I'm saying? Hit them with the, yeah, man, the yeah. Robot. You know robot what I'm Rock. <laughs> That's the shiniest music video of all time. Yeah, when I get my robot body no. around 2070. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I can trans. Someone ain't got to have the aging body no more? What? Yeah. What? That's the transferring human consciousness into a mechanical body mm-hmm. or artificial body, I should say, because, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it won't be entirely mechanical. Maybe it'll be like techno organic or something. I'm saying, you know? I get my robot body. And now we get into get out. I get my mm-hmm. robot body. It's going to be a problem. Because <laughs> then I'm going to be the new low pan. Yes, Shereen? I just really want to express my concern about you this season. I know. <laughs> do we need to? <laughs> circle up and intervene what can we do here because anytime daft punk gives you a chubby have you have you heard that music it's great music shireen there's a it's very exciting very arousing (laughs) (laughs) if we ever hang out i'm gonna take that off my playlist (laughs) i just really need to know how the tumblers are falling Oh my goodness! No, yeah. carry on. It, no, no, no. Topic. I mean, it, it, hey, I, you know, I, I, I think we've. I mean, even <laughs> hey, we could clearly go on with this, but I think we've sort of beat this down, and it's almost time for us to take a short break. But um, uh, so beat down. Oh God. Well, well, <laughs> well, no, but it, it. So this is a wonderful time to begin to transition to talking about the other thing that I kind of wanted to talk about on this show, uh, which is. Canon, and uh, I had had to look up, um, can uh, oh shoot, and uh, well, can canonical, there canonical, yes. canonical, yeah, mm-hmm. yes, and because I had to look that up because, um, you know, I mean, some people may not understand exactly what that is, but um, some generally accepted, um. Uh, oh crap! And I had this. I, okay, I'll admit it. I had this stuff written down, and uh, there was one page of my script that didn't print. <laughs> so I'm having to scramble now. It's like, wait, I know what this means. But yeah, generally accepted, um, frequently based on some sort of previous work where something was presented, and you know, somebody using something as the foundation for something else. And we've seen a lot of that, quite frankly because of uh, some of the recent stuff that has come out. Um, particularly, a lot of the Star Wars series 
because of course Star Wars is based on these series of films and now they're starting to make well they've made other films that are based on the films and they've got these streaming shows that are based on the films or other streaming shows but all of it with the foundation of yeah the the Star Wars canon canon Mm -hmm. before Yep. When yes. Disney bought it, it was like, oh, this stuff y'all like? Nah. <laughs> all we novels. off that. Yeah. <laughs> we it's we, legends we now. the captain now. Yeah. <laughs> nah, yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I mean, which... Um, oh, really? Sorry. Yeah, that's well, right. No, but but which, which, you know, potentially can be a problem. You know, and well, it, at least in terms of the way that some people look at it. I mean, I happen to... I happen to be somebody who tends to embrace canon personally. Uh, but I also recognize that it's not always practical, and especially uh, Star Star Trek, for example. You know these uh, new Star Trek streaming series, uh, it, it, Discovery, which is set ten years before Star Trek the original series, and yet their tech looks so much better. But in a practical sense, that's because. Star Trek Discovery was made in 2018, and the original Star Trek was made in 1966, and what you can actually do is so much better today than what you could do back then. And you're aimed at a modern audience that has different sensibilities than the audience in 1966, and even though on uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, they had an episode where they went back to the Kirk and Spock days, um, uh, trials and tribulations, yeah. that episode was <laughs> called. And, you know, they uh, because they actually culled footage from the original second season Star Trek episode, The Trouble with Tribbles, they were compelled to use sets that resembled the original Star Trek. They were trying to match this stuff up the K, uh, K7 space station, um, you know, so they were compelled to do that. But you're not going to see that anyplace else now. So uh, what Ulysses is saying is that Paramount, you should just remake the original series with deep fakes of all the original things <laughs> <laughs> using the algorithmic voice technology that Disney's using for Vader, for Vader and Skywalker. Just so that all of the media matches up to the same level of quality. That is what I'm hearing Ulysses saying. Isn't that right, Paramount? And you can go ahead and bring us in as consultants and, you know what I'm saying, cut the check. Yeah. There you go. Well, they would certainly make money, uh, you know, <laughs> particularly if they were to hire you and Shireen, because uh, Julian, you guys really know what you're talking I'm about. I'm trying to help you and get it back to consistently stop, stop impressed. Well, I, you know. <laughs> Hey, look, though, uh, like I said, it was almost time for a break. And that musical cue means that it's time for us to take that break. So Fantastic Forum comes to you via WERA 96.7 FM in Arlington. We're a community media station. And among other things, that means that we are non-commercial. We rely on the ongoing generosity of our underwriters, sponsors, and listeners like you for the totality of the operation of the radio station. Make it your business before the end of the day to visit the website at WERA.FM or that of our parent organization, Arlington Independent Media, at ArlingtonMedia.org to find out how you can make your tax-deductible gift in support of community 
radio, community media today. So, um, and it's tax deductible. But hang around because we're going to be back momentarily. We're going to take a short break while we acknowledge some of our underwriters. And uh, I think we're—I think the station is actually still into um, uh, this little hiatus in terms of the recorded programming. So I won't be playing any promos for this show because I don't know what's actually coming on tonight. Probably just music, but it's great stuff. Anyway, stick around because Jake and Shireen, Julian and I, We'll be right back, right after this. And we're back here on the Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM and streaming via WERA.FM. We are Arlington. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell, joined today by Julian Lytle, Jake Bozek, and Shireen Nicole. And when we took the break, we were just starting to talk a little bit about canon. And uh, what do I mean by canon? Well, I mean uh, these long-held views or beliefs about how stuff is supposed to be based on what you might have seen before. And foundation for this has been in comics, in various TV shows, in movies. Um, You know, maybe you've been upset because you've taken a look at some show that you like and then there is a sequel or uh, some sort of uh, reboot and they don't exactly observe what you remember and that's what it's all about so the first question that I want to put to my panel of experts here is in terms of canon is it important and uh Shireen, uh, I, what do you think? Is canon important? Do we care? Well, it depends on what you mean by canon. Like for me, mm-hmm. earlier when you were talking about whether or not the technological look or the slickness of what came before matches what we're doing now, for me that is not canon, right? I mean, it's an interesting question, but I don't think it's a question of canon unless you're substantially changing the technology itself. But when we're talking about did what happened before in a series, did the magic system or did a character's backstory, did that happen? Is that applicable as we move forward with the story? I do think that's important. That actually matters to me. I love it when we can go back. For example, I'll give a really great example. Julian has got me watching One Piece. Yes. Um, which which will take the rest of my life to finish. I'll be I'll be ninety three when I finish One Piece. But in One Piece, whatever happens is still a part of that story. So five hundred episodes later, something that happened in episode three may suddenly become relevant again. Hmm. And I and I think that that's a joy. You know, that's something that 
makes you feel like this world is real and that you can count on it. And as fans, those are the little things we look for. Okay, so also you want to know, like, let's say a story tells you something, like uh, something happens in a story, and it's based on the technology or the magic or the character, and you, as a fan, know that the outcome should be this because that's what that world has told you. If the writers switch things up just so that they can make a plot that they've come up with work, and they ignore the canon and the backstory, you feel a little bit betrayed. Hmm. All right. Well, all right. So let me let me make sure that I've got this straight. So, uh, in terms of your perspective on canon, it's less about um, say the the look of whatever the stuff is. Uh, if there has been a particular um, look uh, that was established in some older project, and more about the actual content of the story and the characters. Yes. And the care. Okay. All right. Well, that seems that seems reasonable, <laughs> actually. You know, uh, one question though, because in terms of the the look of it, I mean, because I think about uh, again the example that I gave, Star Trek Discovery, set ten years earlier than Star Trek the original series. How do you? I mean, and since you said that kind of thing isn't important to you, I'm just curious. How do you explain the enhanced look of the technology for this? thing that's supposed to be to predate this other thing well i don't and and the reason this is where your kind of suspension of disbelief comes in right they are not going to necessarily make it look the same because a large part of the audience would be like this looks old and dated right so Mm -hmm. i don't need that i i you know as a as a person who's kind of signed the agreement for this fantasy I understand that they're going to update things visually because they can and it's fun to see. So I actually look forward to seeing something that we watched with the original cast and to see how it's interpreted now, you know, or how they would present that now. I like that. And I don't I don't feel like that staying the same is needed, you know. Um, I also, I you know, like when we talk about retconning, right? Mm-hmm. That could go either way for me. Some retcons, I'm like, that was silly. And some of them, I'm like, well, that takes the character or the storyline forward in a smart way. So I guess it's all about personal, like what your personal touch points are for any uh, fandom. Mm-hmm. No, I understand that. Uh, Jake, what do you think? Well, I, uh, those are all really amazing points. Uh, you know, I I love the idea of for me, uh, especially with comic books, because you know, uh, you know, being a fan of Superman or Batman or somebody who goes back to you know 1938, 39, when I would recommend books to people or, or talk about certain characters, canon to me, there's a base kind of line that you I would kind of have, but canon really is in terms of comics for me is what you make it. Um, a lot of times because like I said with with a character like Superman for example he has such a rich history and you know uh, you know growing up you know I remember the first kind of interactions with Superman I had were the Fleischer and famous cartoons mm. and obviously in those I mean he, he wasn't even flying necessarily in the early episodes um, and then they invented x-ray vision in one of those episodes because they were like how is he going to know which one Lois is in well give him x-ray vision um, and that's kind of a, a touchstone for the character now um, I, I can't speak on Star Trek as much unfor- unfortunately but for Star Wars I mean it's 
that's such a fascinating example because uh, I was talking to Ulysses before the show. Like, it's Star Wars is kind of like making a puzzle in 1977 with the middle pieces. And you're like, all right, the puzzle is of a horse. And then, like, 20 years later, you get the corner pieces and you're like, okay, well, actually, there was a guy on the horse. Um, and then, you know, 20 years later, it's like, actually, the guy was wearing armor. But, like, mm-hmm. trying to, to piece it all together. But I think if you're true to the story and and you're true to the characters of the basic world you set up. And there's always going to be instances where you have to, like we were saying, retcon or or fix things, whether it's, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi saying, you know, Anakin murdered or, or Vader murdered and betrayed your father. It's like, well, you know, what does that mean at the time? And we know what it means now. Um, but playing with the canon and stretching with the characters, I think, is really interesting. And for me, like I said, especially with comic books being so kind of rich with the history, um, you know, the, the term headcanon, I've, I've always kind of created, you know, my kind of ideal, I, you know, uh, realization for a character. Um, and then sometimes, yeah, you're going to be disappointed by uh, the way things are, are shown, or maybe that's not what I thought was going to happen exactly. Um, but I think um, as long as it's uh, true to, to, you know, the timeline or the world is created, having that base baseline kind of skeleton structure, um, I think as long as you have that, you're, you're in a good place. Uh, um, for for continuing the canon of the story, mm-hmm. Julian, what about you? Um, I agree with with what both Shireen and Jake said. Um, I'm 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 of the thing that canon matters. Um, but I don't like fandom a fandom's dogmatic. Uh attachment to what canon is and like what the example you brought up to me like Shireen I don't I don't believe that's canon the events are canon how the sets and the stories and things look aren't like you know it's it's kind of like you can watch the uh the the movie they made about uh Exodus a couple years ago or you can watch the Ten Commandments the one from a couple years ago looked more fire but it ain't better than the Ten Commandments with Charlie Heston. That's my preferred version of, of a Bible story. Or like, how about this? Peter Park, everything in the Marvel Universe takes place around 10, 13 years max, right? Mm-hmm. You go read Amazing Spider-Man number one, he's dressed like a person in 1962. <laughs> That's true. But <laughs> at this point, that joint takes place in like 2010. I know what 15 years was wearing in 2010, and it wasn't what, what Peter Parker was rocking at all. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, Tony Stark kind of works either way because he had a suit and martinis. He always going to look kind of fabulous, mm-hmm. you know? But you accept the fact that, oh, this this is what we this is what we all like. They happened. He he fought Doc Ock or whatever issue. He fought the Vulture or whatever issue. All this stuff happened all within a short time frame. But then, again, since we don't own these things, you go to D.C., and it was like, yo, 85, this is getting a bit much. <laughs> yeah. Yo, we're going to go ahead and make this event, mm-hmm. and we're going to start over. And then, that, you know, you can lose the people, but again, they made a decision that like, yo, this time when Superman's rocketed, he's in a birthing matrix. And, yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, he gets there, and he can... He played a little high school football, and you know he can see things a little yeah. bit differently. You know, oh, Batman's way more darker, and the the bat crashed through the window. He's also he got the 
he got the the skull cap on and the, and the outfit running around and <laughs> and Catwoman got a buzz cut and she out here she was a prostitute or something and just like oh but we accept it because then Toy Eleven it was like yo all that you thought you was doing <laughs> nah we gonna go ahead and do that one more again this is how everything started and you just gotta rock you with have it. to make yeah you have mm. to make room for progression and so that's that's why I'm not tied in. Um, you know, as you said, Julie, I'm not tied into the visual. And as long as it makes sense for me, I, I'm able to kind of go with it a little easier. You know, logic is big for me. Um, you know, um, core of characters is big for me. But, you know, I, I think it's great because you want to have um, room for like a chip. Um, what is it? Zadarsky to go in and say, this is this is actually how Batman learned to be Batman. Not the way we that. thought. Oh, no. I, I like, but I like that. I actually like that. I like that room. And I guess the next question kind of for me is why, like, why is it important for us to have those stories that aren't canon or those stories we might call Elseworlds or, you know, hmm. those kinds of stories? Is, is that important to have to explore kind of a different evolution of the story or the or or these characters hmm. hold, hold that thought just a second you're listening to fantastic forum on wera 96.7 fm and streaming via wera.fm radio arlington i'm ulysses e campbell i'm joined today by jake bozek shireen nicole and julian lytle and we have been exploring canon uh, in in the second half of the show, something I want to throw in, uh, but I, I I do want to respond to what you were saying, Shireen, because I do think that those Elseworlds or imaginary stories in comics are very important, exactly for that reason, because this is stuff that deviates from get like the what if stories in, in Marvel are similar. It, the, these deviate from the existing uh, foundational canon. And so you can go anywhere, you can do anything, and sometimes seeing where they go, you know, like, oh, wow, okay, so here's T'Challa becoming Star-Lord because things didn't unfold uh, the way that they expected. But uh, before I get there, there was a miniseries that came out in 2017 that I happened to come across. It was written by Mark Wade. It was uh, Avengers. Um, in Adam Marvel, written by Mark Wade, illustrated by Barry Kitson. And what was fascinating with this for me was it was sort of re-exploring canon. I mean, they went back to uh, Cap's Kooky Quartet, which was the lineup of the Avengers that started in, I want to say it was Avengers 16, with Captain America, Hawkeye, the Scarlet Witch, and Quicksilver. And in reimagine well it didn't it didn't automatically start with that i mean this particular series they actually started with the original avengers and they retold gaps in some of these stories but what was interesting to me was people walking around had cell phones and uh, you know there were other contemporary elements to these stories that should. we know did not exist back but in the early 60s exist. when the when the story actually came out i know but they did exist because as i just said all this happened in 2010 <laughs> <laughs> well it, yes because yeah. mm -hmm. per marvel everything is a 10 year to 12 year span 
Yeah. Well, and that's why Captain America, the length of time Captain America was in suspended animation, keeps it was getting 20 longer years and longer. to. to was it 70 Six, years 70 now? now? Yes, yeah, like, exactly. I remember when it was 20 years. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was like, he was just kind of froze. At that point, it was like, okay, I can see he a super soldier. You could somehow survive this. Now let's get to the point. It was like, yo, that super soldier serum, yo, that completely changed this man. He was, he may be, he was frozen for how long? But in, in just ice, not no special scientific change. Yeah. But like, that reminds me of Untold Tales of Spider-Man in the 90s. You ever read that comic? No. So yeah, uh, I think it was Kurt Busiek. They just told mm. stories about Spider-Man in between like the first... Yeah, the stories you knew. The, the, in between all the stuff with Spider-Man was in high school. Because you know, Spider-Man out of high school in like issue like 20 or mm-hmm. something. Yeah, yeah, that high school time wasn't that long. So mm. like, yeah, they just told stories about that. It was like, oh, it's another Spider-Man title. It's just like, oh... But it was good, so it's just like and that. Yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Shereen, I was gonna say, and that is what the Cowboy Bebop series should have done. They should have told us some stories in between the original animated series, so that it all flowed and worked well together. Like the um, movie, but that's a whole nother conversation. Like the right. movie, yeah. Know well, how the movie mm-hmm. takes exactly. place between like episode twenty. And 21 or something? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, okay. Yeah, somewhere near the end, yeah. <laughs> like, okay, this works. Good ah. stuff. But, you know, that's why that um, movie that was based on Firefly worked so well, you know? I mean, because... Serenity. It, it's a, thank you, yeah. But they, they used the cano- can, what it, canonical yeah. foundation, and then they expanded on it. And, like, Summer Glau's character, who had been meek and mild throughout... Firefly, you find out, oh, you give her the right trigger, and she's, she's gonna whoop your real she's ass. Buffy. You know, she's yeah, buffy, yeah, exactly. You know, and I, I mean, he mm. who must not be named. That's one thing I avoided using him as an example, but mm. since he's here mm. now, um, I, yeah, and I appreciate that. I, I should, I didn't even think about that, Shireen. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I mean, it's not. You know what I mean, but. The one thing I will say about that person is they really are great with canon. Like everything back then that they would tell you happened in their worlds, mm-hmm. real. It, it always had, it always mattered. And I think that that's what honors the, the kind of um, your kind of time commitment to any franchise, any series, any any fandom. What honors it is that when the creators are telling you, yes, this thing that you remember, this moment that you loved, it's real and it matters. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. so we only have a couple of minutes left. And one thing that I really want to touch on in this conversation is uh, and and Julian, I think you had referenced that somebody did talking about this dogged. Uh, c- clinging dogmatic, to dogmatic. Yeah. Ah, thank you, dogmatic. <laughs> Wonderful uh, <laughs> characterization of that. That a lot of fans have towards canon and th- the typical types of stuff we hear today is they're ruining my childhood. <laughs> you know, if I have to hear that particular exclamation one more time, I, I think I'm gonna really vomit or something but so you don't want me to say that transformers 2 was like my childhood party <laughs> well my point is is that a lot of the time people who are fans of a particular thing um they 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 become so invested in that thing 
that they claim a degree of ownership that causes them to be extremely judgmental about anything connected with this, you know? And I get it because, hey, as far as I'm concerned, from when, you know, my mom was reading me these stories when I was young, Winnie the Pooh, Winnie the Pooh is mine, y'all. I don't know what none of y'all, it's like, no, Winnie the Pooh is mine, you know? So, um, but I, I appreciate the fact that people are so passionate about these characters because one of the very consistent elements that I have found to fandom and particularly comics fandom a lot of people talk about how well and to a well I don't know I guess depending on you know what it is but uh, people talk about how comics or Star Wars or uh, anime changed their lives, saved them, redeemed them, you know, has some sort of profound impact on their perspective going forward. And I appreciate that, don't get me wrong, but what this causes people to do is to embrace this stuff to a degree that becomes something less than entirely healthy. And, uh, you know, so in in, <laughs> in the last few minutes that we have, Jake, I saw you kind of nodding out of mm -hmm. the corner of my eye. What did you think? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I, I keep bringing up Star Wars just because the Kenobi show kind of get, you know, every couple of years I kind of really get back into the universe and fall in love with it all over again. And I think, you know, like you were saying, it's perfectly normal to be frustrated by things, you know. Um, you know, like I said, with Star Wars, I remember a time when it was just the original trilogy and not knowing what the final confrontation between Vader and Obi-Wan looked like or not knowing um, even what Anakin, you know, really looked like or not knowing, like, you know, when Obi-Wan said the Clone Wars, what, what is the Clone Wars? And now we're being shown all these things. So I think it's okay to, like, for years you have these ideas and oh, it's okay maybe to be frustrated by it, but I think the negativity, like you were saying, the dogmatic ideas of this is mine and this is how it should be, there, there's no, there's no, you know, rhyme or reason or place for that, um, especially with being with negative uh, uh, about about the subject matter. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think, you know, the the idea of uh, uh, canon um, and being rewarded for your your interest in love and things is is really great. Like we were talking about having those moments and those timelines connect or those things um, kind of. Uh, be rewarded after you know years of looking at things, or like uh, like we were saying, really falling in love with that 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 characters and timelines is 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 great, and that's what's I think most important about canon. Mm-hmm. Julian, you got anything you want to add to that? Uh, that I I can say I dislike it, but I also like it because it makes it lets me be a villain to oppose those forces. <laughs> because a lot of times those people either quit don't do enough research or act like they own it and I like to bring up all that ain't nothing more fulfilling than to just bringing up more data than they have mm. and just just say you just don't know you don't know nothing like you what are you talking about shit you yap that's where I get pleasure Mm. Well, and that's one of the wonderful things about being so much more knowledgeable than some of these other folks. But, you know, the, the point of entry being what it is, you've got a lot of people now who have gotten into this stuff uh, just farther down the road than we. And so how could they have the same level of familiarity with these characters or with the backstory or uh, or any of it, you know? So, um, but no, I, I, I despite you your willingness to cloak yourself 
uh, in the uh, garb of the villain. Um, I did, I'm I, a bad guy, Ulysses. I, you know, <laughs> I, I'm always going to believe you're one of the I good guys. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hey, but look, uh, regrettably, that musical cue means that uh, we're out of time here on the show. I'd like to thank my guests and you, too, for tuning in. Of course, Fantastic Forum is also a television show. You can check it out if you happen to be in the Montgomery County Maryland area. It airs on MCM, Montgomery Community Media. Check your local listings. Or you can go to the website at fantasticforum.tv. We've got complete episodes of the TV show. We've got the various segments broken out for your convenience. Check it out. Also, the show airs as a podcast. Thanks to our friends at the Great Geek Refuge, you can find it on all those platforms where your favorite podcasts are available for download, or you can simply go to the Great Geek Refuge website at greatgeekrefuge.com. And of course, the show airs in first run right here on WERA each and every Saturday afternoon from 4 to 5. Be sure to come back next week and enjoy the rest of your holiday weekend, people.